0: Well, listen, listen, why don't you start helping us out in the kitchen? All right. Uh, You
1: can start by sticking your face in in, 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 in the freezer and making us some ugly stuff. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you might be. It's me, your pal, Junkman, back to annoy your asses with yet another exciting episode of Junkman Radio. Thanks for listening. Yep, direct live in Anaheim, California at Hut Studios. Your one-stop shopping for recording and rehearsing and a lot of other things. Actually, they were doing all the above right here when I got here right before the show. And, uh, you know, hey, there's a lot of stuff happening, a lot of activity here in Anaheim at the, at the Dollhut Studios, as well as the world-famous Hut Nightclub, which is right across the street, right next, across the parking lot, actually. And uh, the scene of so many rock and punk shows over the years, I can't even tell you. So, and still going. It's just the place to be. All right, hope you're all well. Hope you're ready for a big show, because I'm telling you, i am got it chock full of tunes that I know you're gonna love for my personal collection, and uh, a great interview from a band that I am all about these days. So, what do you say? You kick back, grab a little cold brew or a light brew or whatever you want, something, anything. Put it in a brandy snifter for all I care, or one of those red solo cups. Crack one open and then let's uh, let's enjoy the show, shall we? Crank it up. Start things out with a little "Funky Mama" from the late great Danny Gatton. And his band, it's Junk Band Radio. That's swinging, baby. Junk Band Radio. That, my friends, is Colin James and the Little Big Band. Swinging little number called Rocket to the Moon. That's a toe-tapper, ain't it, guys? Absolutely. Take your baby out for a little, uh, you know, do a little huckle bucking out there on the dance floor. (laughs) Love it. Freddie King before that, a classic, The Stumble. I remember trying to figure out the drum beat on that thing and my guitar player at the time. Just, nope, 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 nope. Yes, that's it. (laughs) I will never forget that. But uh, Freddie King, yeah, a classic on that one right there, man. Kenny Wayne Shepard preceded that with Let Me Up, I've Had Enough. Roomful of Blues did Turn It On, Turn It Up, and started the show out with the late, great Danny Gatton, the master blaster, the telecaster, my friends, and uh, Funky Mama. What a tight band that guy had, man. They were amazing. Danny was uh, Danny was one of the greatest guitar players I've ever seen. He was just a showman and just had more tricks that he could do with his Telecaster. And unfortunately, he was, uh, apparently he was manic depressive and uh, he's no longer with us. But sorely missed. I got to see him live a few times. And if you ever get a chance to watch Danny Gatton on Austin City Limits? It's on YouTube. You could find it someplace. But watch how tight his band is and what a showman he is with his guitar playing. He's just incredible. Man, very, very, very missed late, great Danny Gatton. All right, I'm Junkman right here with you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm hanging out right here in Dollhead Studios. And I got something new. Brian Ray is a great guitar player. You've seen him play with Paul McCartney's band for a long time. And he's got great music out, including this one right here. This one's called Pirate Radio, of which we had a pirate radio at one time here in Los Angeles. But this one right here is all about the true pirate radio. So check it out. Brian Ray on Junkman Radio with Pirate Radio. Band Radio, oh man, some serious guitar pyrotechnics from the one and only Joe Satriani from his last record, that one is called uh, Head Rush, and indeed it is, especially got it cranked up in the headphones, man, whoa, look out, just blazing, blazing fingers, man, Joe is just the man, love it, alright, um, went back a couple of years, somebody was uh, talking about this band the other day online. And I forgot about him almost. It was a band that I knew a long time ago called Double Drive. And that song was their hit, Tattooed Bruise. Just a cool tune, you know? Uh, I know the guys in the band have surfaced here and there with other racks. I really couldn't tell you offhand right now what uh, what's going on with. But Donnie the Singers is just always such a great guy. And I remember seeing them live once. I interviewed him. And I saw them live once when they opened up for Queensryche way, way long time ago. And just, they brought it, man. Great band. And that's a cool tune called Tattooed Bruise. Red Cross. I'm sorry. I played Stone Temple Pilots before that with Cracker Man. And Red Cross with Stoned, before that. Also did some Butch Walker with his awesome tune, Stay Gold. And I started things out on that set with the new one from Brian Ray and Pirate Radio. Hey, it's Junk Band here and on the uh, line with me. A band I've been really, really all about here uh, for a long time now. Uh, I've gotten to see him a couple of times. i got Mark LaBelle, lead singer for Dirty Honey. How you doing, Mark? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Good. Uh, glad you could call in and uh, and talk to him. Us about dirty honey, man. You guys are just blowing it up, man. Now, I, I was reading. I'm to. Yeah, man. Well, I've seen you guys live a couple of times. I saw you last year at the AfterShock Festival in Sacramento for the first time, and I was with my girlfriend, and I, we were. I was listening to your band. I'm like, wow, this band has got such a great retro groove, almost like an Aerosmith thing. And as soon as I said that, you guys busted into an Aerosmith song, and I was like, whoa, okay. Cool. Got that one right. And then I saw you guys again um, at the Sonic Temple Festival in in Columbus, Ohio. And I know you guys have been everywhere, man, just, you know, touring all over the place. I read something about your band that you were the first unsigned band to top the mainstream rock songs chart. Is that the, is that the case?
2: That is the case. I don't think it's ever happened before. Um period so um you know it's it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool accomplishment and um you know certainly that wasn't the uh that wasn't the um initial sort of plan to be an unsigned band you know we've definitely tried to to work some things out but uh they didn't for whatever reason and um you know that's just a situation and it's nice to it's nice to sort of break new ground you know
1: What's- It's cool because it's not like it used to be back in the day where you needed a record label to get your music heard, you know, and all the backing and things like that. Now you can actually do it yourself and there's places like here and other spots, you know, all over the place where people can hear Dirty Honey music, you know, so it's, uh, it's awesome. I've been watching the videos and I've been playing it on my show and... It's just, uh, it's, it's great. i have seen it live a couple of times, looking forward to hopefully seeing it in a club. Cause I know you guys are going to be doing some touring, but, uh, before we get into that, um, tell a little bit about, you know, about the band, where you're from, how you guys got together a little bit. Just, uh, we'll start it out with that. Yeah, um, yeah we, um,
2: you know, we, we all sort of met, uh, everybody sort of moved to LA with the exception of Justin, you know, the LA native, um, you know, everybody was sort of just a gigging musician, you know, young, you know, trying to live the dream um, in L.A., Hollywood or whatever, and, and we were fortunate enough to meet each other and, and start something. But I met John uh, at a gig one night and we hit it off and decided to, keep, you know, try and start a project together, an original project. We had a lot of similar tastes um, musically, and then uh, he introduced me to Justin on bass who, you know, fit in perfectly, and Justin was... Kind of got his distance to a drummer corey too, so that was sort of how it all how all the dominoes sort of fell. And, and once uh once that lineup was intact, we um you know we gave it the name Dirty Honey and, and started doing gigs on our own. So it's uh it's an interesting little
1: ride we've we've
2: taken together.
1: Now was it was there like a, a blueprint on, on the style that you guys wanted to do, or was it just something that just came about?
2: Yeah, it, was just, it just sort of came about and, you know, it, they, there were other, you know, John and I had been the main things um, in trying to figure out the other two pieces of the puzzle for a long time. Um, but yeah, we, uh, you know, it, it took a little bit of ironing out to find the right, the right guys, you know, um, who's who had the same interests and case and, and more, more than anything wanted to be in a, a band. Mm-hmm. Now, was everything uh, kind of you know, written? There's a lot, there's a Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, there's a big Sidemen community in LA. You know, like um, any night you could go out and see uh, Beyonce's guitar player, or drummer, or somebody yeah. doing a gig where like that stuff is really prominent in LA, and it's enticing because you know you can make two thousand dollars, three thousand, four, 000, five, 000, six thousand dollars a week, you know, playing for some big artist, and, and and put your own dreams aside, um, you know, and, and not really accomplish anything artistic. You know, 20 years ago, I working with great artists touring,
1: and, you know, you're having you know. I'm kind of losing your, your phone signal just a little bit, man. I don't know if you're in a spot that uh, I can hear you. I, it's oh, kind right? of fading. There you go. It's much better there. Much better there. Oh.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, no, I was just saying, you know, there's a lot of people out there that that, that take the Sidemen route, and... You know they hit uh, 40 years old or something we, we know a lot of these older guys who were like man i would say you know took the risk myself and, and started a band. and you know they you, you can be hired and fired at any moment you know in that world I mean, uh, exactly just it's not, it's, it, it was never my, that was never my dream you know
1: good you always had just original now now the music that that you brought to uh when you guys got together was a lot of this stuff previously written or did you write it all together <laughs>
2: Um, down the road was the only one that was previously written and I, that I pretty much just wrote before I met anybody. Um, when I'm gone it was kind of a John and I, were, you know, working one out over over a pretty long period of time. And then Heartbreaker was one that Justin and I just worked on religiously, like once or twice a week to try and find the right melodies and grooves and chords. We knew we, we had a great riff with that one, and yeah. Didn't, didn't really have much else, you know, and it took a lot of ironing out to get that one just to just so we it. And then uh, Scars was another genre uh, that I, I'd been laboring over for quite some time. And, and Break You and, um, what's the other one? Rolling Sevens were, were the last two that, uh, you know, we, we sort of wrote while doing pre-production before going to make the record in Australia.
1: Well you said the magic word with riffs, because that's the first thing that really got me was that you know, I'm a I'm a drummer, so I hear a guitar riff that I like and that's just got my attention before anybody before you know, before you even sing and sing anything, I'm hearing a I'm hearing a riff. And that this band right here is very, very, very riff heavy and I love that. And that's uh again, yeah. that's that's what kinda opened my eyes to Dirty Honey. So.
2: Yeah, and I think that's that's a a constant with any band that I like, whether it's the Stones or
1: Zeppelin or Elfman, yeah, you know, he, most of them, most yeah, of them, yeah. yeah. But every now and then, there's yeah, one you that gotta have You gotta a great know? riff, yeah. You
2: gotta have a great riff. You gotta have uh, a great chorus. You gotta have great I mean, and the whole thing should be great and nice and tight. Um, you know, and when you wanna, when you wanna jam, you know, do like a how many more times type type of thing or can you hear me knocking type thing. Like, you know, there's always room for that too. You, you know, you, you can explore that. That narrative as well, it's just, um, you know, the, the songs that are quote-unquote radio-friendly are going to be a little tighter, you know? Right.
1: Well, I tell you, man, uh, this you can hear anywhere, and you can get into it, man. If you're a rock fan, this is what I'm talking about. This is what's going on as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, you guys are right there at the top of the heap with with a couple of others, and it's just it's a really, really refreshing thing for me. Dude, I'm 58 years old, and I hear something like this, and this is... Just got me, you know. It's just, it's hypnotizing Good. to me. So love I that. love what you guys do. So let's, uh, let's Thanks, crank sir. up, let's crank up the big hit right now. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch that I love and I'm going to try to play as many of them as possible. But, you know, when I'm gone is the one. Is that the, basically the one that, uh, that hit the top of the mainstream rock charts? That's, it seems to be. Yeah,
2: That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. And it's fun, man. Like ever since it, uh, caught, caught some fire, you know, like, you go to shows now and people are singing along. Yep. You know, know every word it's really cool it's really yeah. cool to
1: see now tell us a little bit about the song how did that this one come about what's it about and things like that i mean is it the classic is it yeah. the classic story i'm out of here or you know in a relationship or you, know, do you <laughs> hey, talk it's, about it
2: it's, no it's, it's it's funny i mean it's got a really um different meaning to me than than you know to, to what you just said a lot of people think it's about a girl or whatever it's, it's definitely not to me um but uh yeah I love that people say that you know I love I just I love that I love the the mix meetings and the the double entendres. yeah in music but uh that one started with such another John riff he, he had this it we just all thought it was awesome and then uh worked on it you know we had a great riff we had a great verse and the chorus kind of came you know maybe even a months later um kind of plug that in and, and, and thought it was really something really, really strong. Um and yeah, once we once we figured out the arrangement of it, the full thing, we knew it was pretty pretty good. But then uh that was the one that our manager heard and she said, This is a big, big rock song yep. So
1: Yep. And we, it definitely we it, it definitely comes out, as you said, you know, live. People are singing along, people know it. It's one of those songs you can instantly, instantly get into i turned a lot of people onto it yeah. for the first time and every one of them said yeah that's the one that's the one that's got me and then i turned them on and the rest of the songs are just like yeah okay this is not a one-hit band this is a band that has material so let's crank this one up yeah you know and, and each go ahead go ahead yeah hell yeah well no, me. continue your thought what you, what you were just well, saying no i
2: was just going to say um you know the to your point about the the music you know that was kind of the uh the philosophy was to go in and make make you know however many songs great and and make sure that uh there's no fat you know you want everything to
1: hit people over the head
2: and make them say hell yeah you know well you know
1: you nailed it on everything that i've
2: heard or or when i'm gone or whatever they all they all had to be at at a certain level and um you know we were really happy with what we walked out with
1: well, you definitely nailed it, man, on everything that I've heard so far. So let's crank this up. Hang on the line just for a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna pod you down here a little bit, and I'm gonna crank up the tunes. But this is brand new from Dirty Honey. It's on their EP. Um, we will be talking a little bit more in just a moment with uh, singer Mark LaBelle, who's on the line. And uh, yeah, crank this up, guys. This is "When I'm Gone," brand new from Dirty Honey. all right cool. there you go man the the big hit single with a bullet right there that's when i'm gone from dirty honey <laughs> and on the line again i got uh singer mark labelle from dirty honey nice work my friend again i uh I, I really really get into dirty honey tunes so that one right there rightly so the one to start out with but uh Man, you guys are going to be everywhere. You're going to be touring. I understand you're going to be doing some shows with Guns and Roses. That's really got to really blow your mind as a young band.
2: Yeah, that was uh, when we got the news. That. There's actually a good story with that one. We were out with Black with some dates and um, we ended up with the Ryan and the Nashville. And he kind of looked at me, you know, we were about to call it ways, and he was like, "This is it, huh? This is the last last show for you guys?" And we were like, "Yeah." He's like, well, you know, I got to put ideas, you know, down the line. And then uh, he kind of said it, you know, with, with a little smile on his face. And the next day we got the news, hey, you're opening the road for the last two nights of there, not in this lifetime tour. So, in Vegas, and uh, that was the dream come true, man, obviously. So, we're, we're, what, we're almost 10 days out from that now, so yeah, we're getting pretty excited.
1: That's got to be just completely... Uh a dream again. That, that's all I can say is it's a dream come true for any band. To open up a, for a for a legendary band like that, especially in that place. You know, <laughs> It's like Caesar's Palace, right? That's at the at the at the uh, at the Coliseum yeah, I, over there.
2: Little, uh, yeah, the little here, It's only like four thousand people, so um,
1: wow, it's gonna
2: be awesome. Over the
1: we're, top. We're really Over the top, man. Over the top. Now, how about uh, some other stuff, too? You're going to be doing some other um, club shows or some more festival shows and things like that?
2: Yeah, we're going out right after that. We're going out and doing our own little headline tour. uh, You know, starting in Phoenix, doing Albuquerque, Texas, Denver, and then swinging back to California and doing, like, Reno, Sacramento, San Diego, and and finishing off at the Troubadour um, in L.A., so... I think that show's already sold out. I'm not yep. sure but um Pretty sure. That's like
1: what, right around Thanksgiving, uh, right around Thanksgiving time, correct?
2: Yeah, right before. So, um I've never played there before and so that's gonna be an exciting night too. That's actually right up there with the Guns of Roses thing for me, so
1: you know what's funny? Uh, back in the day, I saw Guns N' Roses when they were in that same position you were. Guess where I saw them? Troubadour. <laughs> no way. Way. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so there you go. You're following suit, you know? What I mean? It's just, you know, following following, following the path, you know? So it's pretty cool.
2: Good man to, to follow.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Now that's gonna be that, that's gonna be right around Thanksgiving time when you when you end up over there. I believe it's the 29th, I think of November. I don't know. You can find all this stuff out on DirtyHoney.com, right? Yeah,
2: that one's November
1: twenty second. Twenty second. Okay. Well, it's right before Thanksgiving, so great. So awesome. Um, you can find out anything you want to in DirtyHoney.com. You can find them on Facebook and Spotify and. All the other places where people find music these days, you know, which is awesome. I I love it. I I, I you know, it's great that you don't need record labels, although they're nice to have, you know, <laughs> to get your music yeah, out there.
2: I, yeah, well, that's a that's a, uh, double-edged sword, and you know, I, I guess if things are going great. They're great, um, you know, and then sometimes things. Things could be going great, you know, with a band or an artist and the record they can throw up roadblocks on you. So I've heard all sorts of stories, you know. There's good ones and and obviously more bad than good. But, um, you know, we're we're happy with the position we're in, you know.
1: It's Uh it's good. Now, is there a lot more songs in the can that are ready to go? I mean, is there a record label? Is there going to be a full-length record that we're going to be hearing anytime soon from Dirty Honey? Let us, you know, do you have any information that you can let us know?
2: We've got um, a pretty rigorous touring schedule coming up. Um, so, a new record, I don't, I don't know. We're, we're going to carve out some time to go back to Australia in the, in the new year. But um, you
3: wow. know,
2: when I'm gone to and uh, we're, we're looking forward to number two, which is going to be rolling sevens. And, uh, you know, we've got we've to work on promo for that before we, you know, go out and cut up, another record, whether it's a full length or another EP.
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned that particular song cuz I got it queued up here right now. There's a great video for it. It's called Rolling Sevens. Uh, it was it was filmed partially, you know, a lot of it was filmed in a in a club in Santa Monica which you were kind enough to tell me which place it was. I've actually played there before, which is kind of nice. But uh yeah, it's uh it's a cool tune, a great a great video. Um I see it gets lots of hits and things like that and rightly so. It's another one of those songs with just great riffs. Tell us a little bit about that particular song, Rolling Sevens.
2: Yeah, that's one uh, especially in terms of the video, like the intro to me just felt like it was a great We played a lot of shows like that, coming enough, right? Where there's gonna be like twenty five people at the you know, entire gig all night and you know, the band is playing for like three hours, but you know, we're we were a really good, you know, live band. We did a lot of these three, four-hour shows, like, all over L.A. and Tamarillo and Ventura County, and um, you know, we wanted to make something that was not only representative of one of our like local shows before anything started happening. So we wanted, you know, we're an L.A. band. We wanted to up the, the game on the cinematography and stuff, and uh, I, I called my buddy Scott. He's a really, really great um, music video director, and we came up with this idea of this girl riding a motorcycle through the desert, going to this cool club um, to see Dirty Honey for a little bit, and and it all all these sort of things that happen throughout the video were, were things that would happen like on a nightly basis at our gigs. You know, fights would break out, people would be going crazy listening to the music. Uh, you know, we would play to like motorcycle gangs sometimes. It was just all this crazy stuff, man. So um, he did a great job directing me. Yeah, he did. I did a... Uh, you know the video is, is really cool man Every, everybody really likes it so
1: so again with the with the yeah. with the with the uh, with rolling sevens tell me a little bit about you know the like the, does the lyric content on it kind of be about what the video is all about
2: yeah we we're just going through like some, some you know very sexual imagery and you know soulful yearning of um you know a man's yearning for intimacy you know and I uh, was sitting at my computer one night, like, trying to figure out, you know, ways to to say certain things, and and rolling sevens popped into my head, and, you know, I I started looking up, you know, the different meanings of that, and you could be hot at the craft table, you could be, you know, rolling rolling sevens have some some interesting meanings uh, in the Urban Dictionary, so I uh, I threw it in there, and, you know, it worked really well, and I, I loved, like, just the the gambling you know connotation with it too and um everything sort of like seamlessly fit together really really nicely and that one was, was pretty, pretty easy to write um you know and it's just the words just had to fit the the groove of the song and, and that's, that's really what we're going for
1: really looking forward to it um seeing it live again so let's crank it up um hang on the line with us just for a moment again this is uh This is Mark LaBelle, singer for Dirty Honey, and this is the brand new one from uh, Dirty Honey. It's called Rolling Sevens. Crank it up right here. Be right back with Mark in just a moment. Yeah, baby. New from Dirty Honey. That one's called Rolling Sevens. Rocking little tune it is. And again, on the air, with me on the line, I have um, Mark LaBelle, lead singer. Nice work, dude. Yes, you do. Thank you. Once again, it's awesome. Now, on the break, we were talking about... um, not only that song, the songs that you've been doing. You guys are re- going over to Australia to record. That's uh, that's interesting. That's usually kind of like in reverse. Usually, you go over to Australia to go tour, not to record. How did that all come about? Yeah,
2: yeah, we have uh, you know connect with a great producer over there. Um, they're next to be who you know made records for like Legend and FTC and Program uh, and. You know, we had a couple of Skype conversations with him, and then once we correct some numbers to see what it would cost to get by there, really it wasn't really down at all. So we just we took a risk, and then, you know, it paid off. For so and, 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 you know, he's, he lives in paradise and records in paradise, so that helps.
1: Man, whatever he's doing, he's doing it right. So it just, it just sounds great. So
2: it, did, it didn't take too much convincing to get us to go to Byron Bay. Right
1: well, yeah, I bet. Um, but, uh, man, I'm telling you, have a great time over there. I'm really looking forward to uh, hopefully catching you on this end of the tour. Again, they're going to be uh, all over the West Coast. Just go to DirtyHoney.com. Go to, uh, well, you know, social media sites. Look up Dirty Honey. Uh, check them out. Opening up for Guns N' Roses, the last two shows, while they're playing at their, uh, in Las Vegas at Caesars Palace. That's going to be incredible. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, Watch them for him in 2020. Down the road, hopefully you'll uh, get that headlining tour pretty soon and be playing those arenas before we know it, right?
2: I like how you, you use "down the road," no pun intended.
1: Exactly. <laughs> hey, this <laughs> is this is what I do, dude. I'm the mouth that roared. You know what I'm saying? So I, I hope to, I hope to catch up you yeah, uh, catch up to you at, uh, at one of the shows down the road, dude. You guys were always great when I when I met you guys in uh, in Ohio. Just immediately felt it man you guys uh i'm a big fan so can you tell Thank you. yeah <laughs> and Thank i'm gonna you, turn man. it on uh, to i'm gonna turn you on to as many people as i possibly can dude so again have a great time and uh it. i appreciate you calling in uh, i'm gonna play one more song uh, called heartbreaker what you know and then we we talked about that song earlier a little bit about that particular number tell us about uh just anything you want to about heartbreaker
2: Yeah, man, it's, uh, I mean, it's a pretty universal feeling, right, um, you know, somebody rips your heart out, and, and, uh, you're you're gonna be pretty angry about it, and you're gonna feel a whole bunch of things, but, um, you know, we, like I said before, we had this riff that we knew was just a monster riff, and took a lot of massaging lyrically and and melodically to to get it just right, and, um, you know, fortunately, we really pulled it all together right before we went to Australia to record, and, um. That was, that was one of the ones that we, you know, knew we were going in our, in our back pocket and we just had to get the, the sound of it right. The arrangement really dialed in before it was completely done, but I, I think we had about 90% of it ready to go by the time, uh, you know, we hit record and started experimenting with it in the studio. But um, yeah, that, that, that was a riff that started from, from Justin. And, uh, you know, the moment he showed me it, I, I knew it was, it was pretty cool I and mean, it was just catches your ear like right away so absolutely uh, you know, I, you know that one a long time long time so that one's prop. that one probably took a year to finish honestly really wow yeah. it, it, like there were so many different versions of it that no kidding just weren't perfect and uh you know i could send them to you
1: but you probably wouldn't want to listen to them ah you know what i love stuff like that i love hearing like like uh, you know i do too. take you b take you know the it the just... yeah exactly exactly Exactly. Yeah, I'm that guy that worked in the record stores for years that had those things, you know, all the bootlegs, everything like you know, that. So, yeah, of course I do. But I love the finished product.
2: I think I think it's important to, um, you know, recognize that even, you know, the, the Beatles, you hear know, these finished products that are just so unbelievable. And, you know, every band that, you know, has great songs, you just hear this finished product. That's just amazing. And the Beatles did a really nice job of, you know, letting their fans into their you know, their world that when, when they're working on stuff yep. um, throughout the years and you can just hear the hours that they're putting into their music and, and the effort, you know, you can hear it in those box sets that, uh, let you know that they're, uh, they're human, you know, and they're working on stuff just like everybody else. So it's pretty cool, man. And, well, you know, anything that's great has, has a lot of work behind it. So,
1: well, as a, as a fellow musician, the way that I look at it, it's like watching your kids grow. You know what I'm saying? It's like some I created this and watching it grow, and this is the finished product, and I'm very proud of it. So, and you should be because this is great stuff. So, again, Mark, I appreciate you uh, calling in and uh, talking with us here. And again, I appreciate the time. Best of luck on the road. We'll talk another time. I hope to see you soon. And uh, again, uh, go check out DirtyHoney.com. Go find them out on the road. Go look for them. And uh, again, keep cranking out the tunes, man. Anytime you got it, you got a home for it right here. Thanks, man. We appreciate you. All right. Hang on the line just for a second. Here we go. This is Heartbreaker from Dirty Honey. Again, thanks a lot for calling in, Mark. Thank you. Craig. it.
4: You tell me that you need
1: And there you have it, my friends. Dirty Honey and Heartbreaker. My thanks to singer Mark LaBelle for calling in and talking all about it. Again, you can find Dirty Honey, dirtyhoney.com. Look for them on social media. Opening for Guns N' Roses on their last two shows at the in Vegas at Caesar's Palace at the Coliseum. Unbelievable. And then up and down the West Coast, including the Troubadour in Los Angeles. So, again... My thanks to Mark LaBelle. That, my friends, is Dirty Honey. Me, Junkman, right here on Junkman Radio. Hope you're enjoying the show. Lots to play for you and lots to give to you. I got uh, very, very uh, cool things happening here each and every show. This right here is from a good friend of mine, the lovely Cherie Curry, and her partner in this, Brie Darling, from the band Fanny. This is their new one. They're going to be uh, touring this next month, I believe, in about a month or so. You're going to be seeing them in a town near you. I'm going to be seeing them in a town near me in the beginning of December. But this is The Motivator, the title track for their latest release. Crack it up. It's Cherie Curry and Bree Darling with The Motivator on Junkman Radio. fan Radio, man, there's a classic for you. Foundations, baby, now that i found you. By the foundations going back to the 60s. Love that stuff. Man, I could dance to that all day. And I'm not a dancer, man, you know, by any means. But, uh, you know, it's just got that groove and always did. It's the stuff I grew up with anyway. Uh, before that, another one like that, man. Paul Revere and the Raiders stepping out. One of the first bands that caught my attention, you know, obviously the Beatles were were big, and that was it, you know, Beatles, Stones, all the bands that were on TV early '60s. But man, once I saw where the action is with uh, with with uh, Paul Revere and the Raiders, I knew that uh, this is the direction that I was going to go in. Cool tune. Before that was called "Stepping Out." For that one, uh, George Baker's selection with "Little Green Bag." Great song that you, uh, you probably heard it in the movie Reservoir Dogs. And uh, man, just a cool tune. Just great, great drum beat on that. Greta Van Fleet with Black Smoke Rising preceded that. Got to see them a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they just put on a fine, fine live show. Paul Rogers doing his version of The Hunter. Just soulful. Paul Rogers getting into the blues on that one. And started things out with the latest from Cherie Curry and Bree Darling with the Motivator. Yep, all over the place here with Junk Band, Junk Band Radio. Hope you're enjoying the show, man. I'm just gonna keep going. You know, I mean, just stuff that I'm pulling out of the pile today that I haven't played in a while today. And uh, I'm a poet, and I didn't know it. (laughs) Want to wish a happy birthday to the one and only Elvin Bishop, Elvin Killer Guitar Player. And uh, you heard him play with Paul Butterfield. And on his own, he had a bunch of hits in the 70s and early 80s, I guess. He had a few. But, uh, man, I uh, I used to see him at a little place in Huntington Beach, California called the Golden Bear, which is no longer there. And it's uh, it was a little club that was right there across the Huntington Beach Pier. And they always had great music down there. And Owen one played down there quite a few times. And I got to see him and kind of hang out with him for a little bit. And he was an interesting man. Very, very, very big personality, that guy is, and a great guitar player. So I thought I'd play a little Elvin Bishop one, a little off the cuff, one you might not have heard before. This one's called Midnight Creeper, and a happy birthday to the great Elvin Bishop. It's Junk Band Radio. Junk Man Radio, my good friends, Little Caesar and Redemption. Great song with uh, great lyrics on it, man. Just really listen to that one deeply and get into it. It's uh, very, very emotional song. And I remember when they were writing it and uh, recording it, I talked to singer Ron Young. He called it my, my bad company song. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Very cool. Uh, for Little Caesar, Delana, and somebody else, I always loved that one as well. And uh, she's a good person and a good friend, and I hope to see her soon. She's been living abroad, and I just don't get to see her that much. I used to see her a lot around Los Angeles, and uh, she's just a dynamic performer, great, great singer, songwriter, just a a good person. And she used to play the song that preceded that K, by Kay's Choice, a great song called "Not an Addict." I thought I'd kind of play those together. Just like I did with the first two songs of that set. I started that set out with Elvin Bishop and Midnight Creeper. Talking about smoking too much weed and all kinds of things like that. If you drink too much beer, Elvin's an Okie. And boy is he ever. But a happy birthday to Elvin Bishop. And uh, it kind of went with the next song, which is called Chain Lightning, which was uh, a like a, a deep cut, they like to call it. From Steely Dan. It's one of those ones you don't hear a whole lot, but man, what a bluesy feel that one has. And I've always loved it. Used to crank that up in the car and just cruise around and listen to that record, man. Good stuff. Lots of good stuff, man. That's what I play here, Junk Band Radio. Good stuff. The music you thought you'd never heard, the music, or again, the music you didn't even know existed. And A lot more, all from my personal collection. This one I really love simply because uh, well, I'm a big Cheryl Crow fan and a big Joe Walsh fan. And the two of them are collaborating on this one. So I thought I'd kind of throw this out there. Joe. Cheryl, having a good time with it. It's called Still the Good Old Days. It's new from Cheryl Crow from her threads record, but Cheryl and Joe Walsh collaborating on Junk Band Radio. Crank it up.
5: Something just for you and me
1: Crevasse, Fillet, Junk Band Radio, and of course the one and only Tenacious D, and Wonder Boy, my theme of sorts, love that one, Tenacious D, for that going back a ways with Spinal Tap and Listen to the Flower People. I think that's a timely song, don't you think? Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Ah, I love it, man! I just love it. George Harrison, one of my favorite George Harrison solo records, and that is called "Cheer Down." One that you might not hear a whole lot. I know it's uh it was a soundtrack of um, of the Mel Gibson film, uh, Lethal Weapon Three, I think, two or three. I can't remember two, I believe it is. And "Cheer Down," just great, great George Harrison vocals. And killer guitar sound on that with a Jeff Lynne production, no doubt about it. And I played a couple of uh, Joe Walsh-infused songs. Started the set out with Sheryl Crow and Joe Walsh doing Still the Good Old Days from her latest. And then I did Richard Marks and Don't Mean Nothing. First time I had heard of Richard Marks as a solo album. You know, he did his first solo record, that one, anyway. First time I'd ever heard of him, and Joe Walsh is playing killer guitar on that, and uh, really, really makes the song. I think, you know, so thought I'd combine the two. Big Joe Walsh fan, and hey, you know, that's what I do here. All right, I also do this. We salute our sponsors here at Junkman Radio, and one of our sponsors here is VintageRock.com. And VintageRock.com is a great website with. All kinds of information and updates, and on all your favorite quote unquote classic rock artists and bands and lifestyle, uh, vintage and new and old. You know, got a lot of good stuff over there. And uh, you know what? I contribute to them as well when I can. And uh, we do a thing on my show called the VintageRock.com Six Pack Six songs from our particular artist or group of artists that fit into the genre of vintage rock. And today I have selected the band Boston. Why? Why not? You know, they fit right in when I don't know where you were, but I know where I was when that first Boston record first heard uh, hit my ears. I was living back east. I was a kid and I went, wow. Wow. There's nothing that sounded like that. Every track on that first Boston record, both first two records, actually, were just had this incredible guitar sound and vocal sound, so clean. And we first heard uh, these chords right here from Boston. So let's uh, let's do a VintageRock.com six-pack. Pretend it's 1976. You got your turntable out. Your Pioneer Super Tuner, perhaps and you're cranking this it's junk band radio Junkman Radio. How about that one, huh? Epic. <laughs> Wrapping up a VintageRock.com six-pack. Six songs from Boston. That one right there is uh, probably my favorite Boston song. From 1978's Don't Look Back album. That's a man I'll never be. Spotlighting the incredible vocals of the late, great uh, Brad Dope. And, man, just such... I don't know, everything on that, man. The Hammond B-3 organ is so powerful in that, you know, just like everything they did. So, uh, Just very cool stuff. I got to go see a version of Boston a few years ago, and uh, outside of Tom Schultz, it was a lot of other people that, uh, you know, not the original band, but, you know, uh, the records is where it really matters. You know, those first two records were so well recorded and such big hits, and rightly so. And so you really can't follow up anything like that, man. So (laughs) I played uh, Hit Your Ride before that one, and probably my second favorite Boston song before that. And uh, that's from the first record. It's Easy from the second record, uh, again, the Don't Look Back record. And uh, the first three songs were from the first Boston record. More Than a Feeling, Foreplay, Long Time, and Smokin'. Yep, they were blasting out of... Eight track players and turntables everywhere. From 1976 to still today, I would imagine a classic of classic rock, if there ever was one, and vintage rock, no doubt about it. So you really can't follow that up with anything right now. I mean, I just I, I can't. So again, I hope you enjoyed the program today. It's me, Junkman. I'm out of here. My thanks to. Mark Labelle, for calling in and telling us all about his band Dirty Honey, who I love. Go check them out. You'll be seeing them and hearing them right here on Junk Band Radio, that's for sure. All right, so I'm out of here. I will see you next time. It's Junk Band signing off, Tootaloo, from Doll Studios here in Anaheim, California.